and welcome to Season 9, Episode 5 of the Cartridge Club's Game of the Month podcast, where we bring together members of the Cartridge Club community to discuss our community playthrough. If you're new to the club or are interested in participating in future months for games like Portal 2 and our Portable Power Month, please join our community Discord, our forums at cartridgeclub.org, or follow us on Twitter at cartridgeclubna. We love to see the hashtag Cartridge Club used whenever you talk about one of the games we've selected. I'm Melissa, Mrs. Q-Dog, and I'm here with my husband, Eric, the mighty Q-Dog. Hello. And on behalf of our rotating pool of hosts, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Additionally, on behalf of the entire Cartridge Club community, I would like to give a huge shout out to all of our Patreon Club backers. Joel Boyce, Kevin from Buried on Mars, Base Guy, Dean from Round 2 Gaming, and Caleb J. Ross. We can't thank you enough. And I should mention, Kevin from Buried on Mars is now Kevin from Canadian Grooves. Oh, that's true. <laughs> okay, yes. Let's update that. Kevin right. from Canadian Grooves. Okay. It is January, and once again, we're playing a classic game from the days of the Sega Genesis, Revenge of Shinobi. And joining me to talk about this game are two newcomers to the podcast. Uh, we want to welcome COE33. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Thanks. And we want to welcome Mr. Mullet Gaming. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, this is going to be great. All right, so we are playing Revenge of Shinobi. Yes. It is yes. January, and we have been playing uh, Sega games for the last couple of years. That's right. And uh, we have been hosting um, because someone here is a big Sega fan. I'm a big Sega fan. <laughs> and I'm super glad to have a game like Revenge of Shinobi. Yes. Um, so this it's is, a great game for this January. This has been on your backlog for a while. Yeah. Okay, so we said let's play Revenge of Shinobi. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what your experience oh, with I'm this gonna, game is. Oh, you're going to start with me. I am okay. going to start with you. Okay, so. You picked it. My experience with this game, yeah, I, I'm the one who, you can blame me. I, I recommended this game for January. Um, I thought it was time that we represented a Sega game, or a, a Shinobi game. I knew about this game back from 1989. And I remember seeing uh, Game Pro Magazine ads, or ads in Game Pro Magazine for the Sega Genesis, the Revenge of Shinobi. And I had played Shinobi on the Master System, and we'd seen it in the arcade. And when I saw the graphics or the screenshots for Revenge of Shinobi for the Genesis, I was like blown away. I thought this game looks fantastic. And I definitely would have wanted, um, I definitely wanted that game. I didn't have a Genesis. And it turns out I wasn't going to get a Genesis until 1996. Oh my goodness. So like six, seven years later. And when we did finally get a Genesis, it came with the six pack and Revenge of Shinobi was on it. And I was really thrilled right up until the time I started playing it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this game is way too hard for me. I'll never get through it, but um, we'll get to that. We'll okay, get to that yep. later. So after what now, 30 some years, yep. I finally gotten a chance to play through Revenge of Shinobi. And uh, I'm really happy to uh, to have that opportunity after all that time to play a game that I had uh, drooled over for, coveted for, for many, many years. We did a little poll, okay? Okay. So let's just talk about what others have done. And then I want to hear what COE and Mr. Mullet Gaming okay. also so um, we know why you picked this game. The Cartridge Club did a poll and asked, you know, how much experience do you have playing Revenge of Shinobi? And we had 44% said none, Chucks. None. There was like a little, little There's too thing. many Nintendo people in yeah. the Cartridge Club. 
they're 36% said I died a bunch and that's it, <laughs> which I would think that's what you would. That was my maybe, experience but, up until this month. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, and yeah. And then there's, I beat Spider-Man and that was 8% and 12% were an Aboro Ninja Master. Wow. Yeah. Now, right. uh, let's see. So COE33, did did you, which, which category would you be put in with this um, game? Well, this is one of my all-time favorites. I've been playing this for over 30 years. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would say I'm a ninja master, but I can beat the game, and I can get the good ending, and I know all the secrets. So, you know, I know the game pretty well. Very nice. Excellent. Excellent. And I was really happy that Eric picked this. What a great game for January. And I'm kind of shocked that only 43% of the Cartridge Club, what they said, that they haven't played it. Yeah, they That's have not amazing. played it. amazing. Such an iconic game. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, definitely one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, and uh, Mr. Mullet, what about you? What's your experience with this well, game? I, I am on the opposite end of the spectrum. I had I had never heard of this game prior to the announcement on the Cartridge Club, and actually, when it came out in 1989, I don't want to date myself, but I was four years old. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm so, glad you didn't say you weren't born yet. Okay. I'm, I'm just yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Because then I would be hitting myself. Go ahead. Right, right, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's our our friend Dean got me involved in the Cartridge Club, and this was actually the very first game that was announced. And I thought, hey, I have it, and let's just play it. Let's just see what uh, what's all about. And uh, and I was that forty four percent, I believe. So I'm I'm one of those uh, hardcore <laughs> Nintendo fans. I think that's one of the great things about the Cartridge Club, though. Is that it? Bring, it gets you out of you know those specific games that you've been playing. That's uh, right. So it's great too, and especially with this upcoming month, uh, Portal Two. I've gotten in more into the PC world, so this is great. So yeah, very little experience with this. Oh, Excellent. Great. So I want to ask. So COE33, you said that you have been playing this for 30 years. So right. wh- how? What? The first time you played it, how did that come to be? So this was the third game I ever played on Sega Genesis. Um, initially, I played Sonic the Hedgehog. Then I got Altered Beast. And I picked up Revenge of Shinobi. I believe it was at Toys R Us. And it's because I saw, like you, Eric, I saw the magazines and saw the screenshots and was kind of blown away. So this is actually probably the first ninja game I ever played. Because I don't remember playing a ninja game on the NES before this. And I got it. And it is brutally hard. And especially, uh-huh. you know, back in the day, you don't have really any way to look up walkthroughs or anything like that. So it's trial and error. And I remember being really frustrated, but being very kind of into it enough to where I played it a lot. I'd come home from school and practice, 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 and get to a place where I could finally beat the game. But I know it took me a long time. But you, but would you say, so we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I, I want okay. to delve into just a little bit right now, and that's the version. So you played it in like early 89 or yep. 1989, maybe 1990. So you, that, and you held it up for a moment. You showed sort of what looks like the original cartridge. This is the one I have now is the second version that added the title screen before the splash page that says Yuzo Koshiro on it. Okay. So it's the revision 1.02, I guess I call it. Okay. Okay. Um, the one I played back in 1989 was a revision one. Okay. And We're going to talk about the version. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, but it had, you know, all the stuff you would expect from that first revision. And so did you play that cartridge this time? Uh, this time I played this cartridge 
And then I, I streamed it on Steam, the Steam Classics Collection version. Steam Collection. Uh, and those are different, right? You, you they are different. Differences. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. We'll talk about that. Okay, Mr. Okay. Mullet, what did you play this time? Yeah, I think I got the, the the most legally safe version, and I think we're going to talk about that later version of this game. And I had it on the, I uh, got it on the uh, the Sega Genesis Collection uh, for Switch. I know it was yeah really, uh, different uh, different platforms, but there's about fifty or so odd games on there, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of great games. But uh, that one was one of them, and that's the one I played it on. So. All right, so there is a story behind the game, and uh, it since this is uh, the second in the uh, Shinobi games, it's uh, taking place three years after the first game, and the criminal organization Zed from the original game has since reformed and have renamed themselves Neo Zed. Ooh, that sounds much more <laughs> scary. They decide to have their revenge on the Aboro Ninja Clan and Joe Musashi by killing his master and kidnapping Joe's bride. Naoko? Sure. Is that how you'd say it? Sure. Joe, having reached the clan too late, manages to learn about Neozid's plot by his dying master. Joe decides to travel the world to gain his revenge on Neozid as well as to try to save Naoko before it is too late. Wow. And that, you know, that comes, you'll, well, we can talk about the ending later, but that's a critical part yeah. of the game. There's two endings with, sure. involving his bride. So this game was originally released on December 2nd, 1989. And we did talk about how this game is very difficult, would you say? Yeah. Maybe, huh? Well, uh, I want to ask these guys. I mean, so we, we talked about, she mentioned the story, right? Yeah. So what do you guys think of the story? Did it play any part? <laughs> was it at all relevant to the game at all? Or what do you think? Yeah, for me now, I mean, I'm just, I, I love platformers, and I think this was a great experience with platforming, and, you know, I think it has a stereotypical going after the the girl, the damsel in distress story, and sure. that's really all you need to know, I think. It was 1989. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't real sophisticated. So, COE, yeah. what about you? Oh, well, I like these old games. The story is simple. It's there, but it's not getting in the way of the actual gameplay. And that's what this game really excels at, is quality gameplay. Hard, but it's not cheap. Mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah. talk about the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the controls and uh, maybe the, uh, oh, the double jump. I want to, yeah, I want to yeah. talk about the control. About Actually, I want to hear from our, our, our guest here. Yeah. All right. Mr. Mullet, mm-hmm. tell me about the control. Now, you played on a, you played on the Switch version, right? So this was originally a cartridge game hooked up to CRT. Really precise controlling. How did you find the new release version to work in th- the controls? So, so what I tr- so unfortunately I don't have the time, the the money, the resources, the space, or even the spousal support to to get retro <laughs> games and 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 uh, and uh, retro consoles. And the last one, the spousal support, that's an important one right there. But, yes, it is. Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what I tried. Uh, so what I did is I try to. I tried to get it as exact. I know it's emulated, uh, but I did purchase uh, the 8-bit do 8-bit do uh, Sega Genesis controller replica. Okay. And it, um, you know, it was a you know $30 controller, so I you know, it was pretty good on, on that part. So uh, I was able to get that, and um, 
you know the i think it's a definitely a lot better than uh, you know the the stick and especially with these older games you know you have to at least stay with the 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 d-pad you know uh, i found the controls not bad with the controller that i was using um but again when we look at the double jump it, it was it was very touchy um with with what i was using okay okay i mean the game is predominantly it you, you mentioned platforming it's predominantly a jumping navigating mm -hmm. an environment and shooting mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so uh we're going to talk about the double jump believe me mm -hmm. but yeah. uh coe what about you how did you find the controls for a game like this that's just so arcade like well yeah and i think controls are like the most important thing about a platformer like this and i'm a total stickler for like crt televisions original hardware so i'm used to playing it with that way you know original controller original console crt but when i went to play this this month i was actually going to stream it and my capture software kind of decided to go kaput that day so mm -hmm. i ended up playing the steam version and i noticed a massive difference in the controls especially with the double jump trying to execute that double jump with the classics collection on steam and a xbox controller was significantly more difficult than it is for me with a just standard original Genesis controller on a CRT. So I think if you really want the best experience possible, it's playing that original cart on a CRT because that double jump, there's not much lenience there for like getting it just right. And it can be a real hassle, but I didn't have that problem when I was playing with original hardware, so. Yeah, I, I was curious about that. I wanna talk, we're gonna talk about the double yeah, jump because yeah. I had heard, um, I had heard that the number of frames where it will accept the double jump is is really quite tight. Mm -hmm. And that's why I asked Mr. Mullet about playing it on a new system because I was actually, I like to blame, I'm a poor craftsman. <laughs> I like to blame my tools and not my skills. <laughs> and so I was playing it, um, I had played it on the classics, the collection on the Xbox because it had saves. And I was wondering, and I'm playing it on a modern TV, and I'm wondering, you know, how much, how much lag, or you know, how much lag is is accounting for my frequent misses of these double jumps? Well, it turns out it wouldn't have mattered anyway because I'm just too old to have the reaction time. But <laughs> uh, uh, I tried playing it on on uh, several different things. I had played it on my Genesis. I played it through um, a FrameMeister. Uh, because I have RGB and it gets really good quality. I was mm -hmm. struggling with the double jump. I tried playing it through composite, not on a CRT though, still struggled. I played it on the Xbox, still struggled. Ultimately, I concluded I'm just going to struggle with this. I think the double jump is really difficult, but um, it's interesting to hear your your comment. I almost pulled out a CRT just to see I, if I could get any better at the game. I think the CRT might be the key because I, you know, that one level, um, the seaport which is kind of notoriously mm. difficult for jumping. Um, yeah. I struggled big time playing that without, yes. you know, with playing it on Steam. I died constantly on that level. And I think it's because of the input lag, I really do. Okay. Yeah. So and Mr. Mullet, what do you think? You might, what do you think? You're gonna go back and try it on an official system <laughs> or CRT or you're stuck with Switch? Yeah, I'm stuck with Switch. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think um, overall, you know, the, yeah, it just seemed to me like the, like it, like you said, the input lag. It was, it was just inconsistent. I think I put in about fifteen to twenty hours, and towards the end of playing the game, I was starting to get it. I don't know if it yeah. was 
just because I I had this muscle memory adapted to right. that specific lag that was happening. I, I'm not too sure. Um, but, you know, we'll see. If I ever have an opportunity to play it on an original system, I would I would take up on that. But I doubt I would make it as far or, or even beat the game like I did. <laughs> I know. I mean, I I played I played the first few levels um, only this month, and I was playing it on the Xbox as well because it had the saves and it that double jump. I was like, you know, when you were sitting there, I'm like, do you hear me pushing this button? Like, yeah, it just no, doesn't. It doesn't. It yeah. was not responding. Yeah. You know? So. Um, so you mentioned um, COE. You mentioned um, the Seaport area, and I'm going to use that to segue into mm-hmm. another aspect of the game. I had so much trouble with that that I had to, the only way I could get past it was to use magic. Yeah. I had to save my, there is ninja magic in the game. And I had to save my ninja magic for a couple of parts of the game just so I could make it through some areas where a very precise double jump was required and I wasn't going to make it otherwise. And so um, you guys want to talk about a little bit about mm-hmm. the magic? Yeah. How, did sure. you guys ever use the magic to help you get through the game? There's another magic that we should talk about too, but... Tell us about your experience with the magic. I see we why don't you tell us? Sure. Um, well, I know the spot you're talking about, and I'm pretty sure that you have to use the magic of Fushin to get um, past that jump. I okay. could be wrong. It might if you miss it, you die, right? Yes. You, and you I'm will pretty die sure that this. they designed it that way where you did have to use your magic for that. Now, okay. maybe it's possible that it's like a pixel-perfect jump, because I know there's a couple of those that... You can get, there's like one in Chinatown that you can make without uh, the magic of Fushin. But I'm pretty sure in the seaport, there's one jump that requires that magic. Because I've never never made it without it. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Mullet? Yeah. Yeah, same here with uh, when we're at the seaport, the the jumping magic. Yeah, I I couldn't. I tried and I couldn't without it. Uh, But uh, I had a... I think the best magic, in my opinion, is the, the shield or the lightning, especially for right. yeah. bosses. Um, it, it it's just a, a, a really good lifesaver in that aspect. Yeah. Tell, also, there, there, I was yeah, going to say yeah. with the with the lightning, you know, you have that bounce back. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Right, mm-hmm. and so with the lightning, you can avoid the bounce back and get through. That areas. was my yeah. So you mentioned the bosses, I and I used the lightning magic quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And one of the primary reasons I used it was because it would stop bounce back, mm-hmm. which is a huge part of the game, right? So did you ever use it for that? Or did you, there's another reason I would use it too. What, what would you primarily use it for, Mr. Mullet? Just to get extra free eight, eight hits or what? Um, it, You know, basically for everything. I think with this game, you got to take what you can get uh, just because it is so unforgiving in nature. But uh, there was one part, I think, world or level one of the last one, the last world, where you had the, there was an enemy uh, at the at a jump, and they'd always get me, and I did have to use the, the lightning, so I didn't get that bounce back. Yes. Uh, I think it was one of those guys with the chains. Yeah. And, yeah, I would just always get that bounce back, or, or um, a guy with a gun would get me, and, and the bullet would bounce me back. And it's just like, you made it that far. Uh, and you got past these enemies, but all of a sudden you found one projectile that just bounced you back. It's just like, might as well use it, you know, when you have right. it. Um, and then also, there are some parts where I did use the uh, the self-detonator just to get through some areas with the enemies. Uh, that uh-huh. was cool. And just when there's yeah. just a ton of enemies on screen. 
Yeah, what happens there is you use the magic and it does a lot of damage to the enemies on screen, but it takes away your life. Mm -hmm. But you mm -hmm. come back in the same spot with, yep. full with full health. And mm -hmm. I think your magic is replenished yes. again. Yep. And uh, we can talk about I mean, end of game strategies a little bit later, but that, that was so there were four types of magic the lightning, the jumping, the self destruct, and a fourth. Mm -hmm. No one's brought up the fourth one yet. COE, what, what kind of magic did you use? Um, I use all of them in different spots. So Ikazuchi, that's the shield magic. I yeah. use that for the military base because there's so many people shooting at you in that level. Uh -huh. that I like to just throw on that shield and like truck it. Through that level oh and sure kind of, yeah so that's where i use that the fusion magic is great for um the skyscraper level because you can literally just jump up to the top of the skyscraper yeah through that level real quick uh the maijin that's the one where you self-detonate that's really useful for certain bosses um, because you detonate and then you have another magic and you could throw on a shield or something like that right after you detonate right. so i like to use that and um what's the other one the kairu i think it's called it's the um where he shoots the fire from his sword uh-huh that's probably the one i use the least amount and actually i don't know do i use that i don't think i use that generally i never i never used it i never used it what about you mr mullet did you ever use the fire one it shoots columns of flame or something and does yeah. a lot of damage yeah so you know just for for context, um, and I think I think a few of us are on the same page with it. But uh, I think as modern gamers, that uh, we have the luxury of having these emulators that we can practice different sections of it. And what uh -huh. I like, what I did is I practiced the game, and then once I felt like I got good enough at it, then I would stream it and I would you know try to go the whole way through without sure. using save states or rewind or anything like that. Uh, but one of my strategies for the beginning of the game is I was using the fire for the first boss just because I was I didn't know like how everything worked and uh, you know it seemed like a strategy that was working but once I got better at doing the double jump and uh, throwing the 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 stars the mm -hmm. shurikens the shurikens shurikens never say that word yeah. Uh, I was able to uh, get a better strategy where I didn't have to use it. And I, I felt like I used the fire the least amount um, just because, you know, for some of the bosses, it didn't really do much, you know, of damage. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Let's talk about the, can we talk about the shurikens? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the so shurikens. So how'd you guys, so I don't know how I want to ask this. The game starts you typically with 50 yeah throwing the shuriken yeah. right mm -hmm. and, and you and, pick up more up along and you can the way. pick up more along the way yeah. but there are options there's an option menu that allows you to change the number mm -hmm. uh Maybe. coe you said before you know all the secrets do you know what yeah. I'm, I'm getting toward? i do What's i the do secret? yes so you go to shurikens and you put it on um you let it sit there for like 10 seconds on um i think it's well on zero shurikens yeah so if you yeah. click on zero shurikens let it sit there for about five to ten seconds or something like that it clicks over and gives you infinite shurikens which yes. makes the game considerably easier oh, yeah yeah <laughs> it shows up as a double zero and after a few seconds it looks yeah. like an infinity infinite yeah, infinite, yeah. mr mullet did you know about that did you try that not, this is the first time i've heard of it oh, okay well i'm glad <laughs> that we could take yeah. yeah yeah i I probably read about that in Game Pro back back in the day, mm -hmm. uh, but I did know about that trick, the infinite shuriken. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, yeah, that's what and, I was and getting yet at. This so, game is still hard, even with the still infinite hard. shuriken. So, <laughs> so you must have played through Mr. Mullet with the fifty shuriken, or did you adjust it? Uh, whatever the most they gave me. Yeah. The, okay. Without, what about you, Siri? I played it on like every different setting that, <laughs> during January because yeah. I was trying to see if I still had my chops because it had yeah, been sure. a little while since I played it. So I, I played it and beat it with the infinite shurikens, and then I tried to wean myself down. And do more difficulty, you know, harder settings and stuff like uh -huh. that. Yeah, oh, I have so a hard time. On... Yeah, I played on the hardest setting with thirty shurikens, I think it was, but I, I, I did not beat it. That was that was like the my cutoff for how, you know, if I could beat the game. I think uh -huh. the best I did was normal and fifty shurikens. Uh -huh. I believe was the best I did. Well, what do the difficulty levels do? I, I didn't even try any others. Just just extra lives, basically. Oh, number oh. of lives. Okay. All right. It doesn't change like enemy health or anything like that. I don't believe so, no. Okay. okay. So there is one other thing I want to mention about weapons and magic, and that is um, you could get a power-up, right? And I think I estimated it makes you roughly maybe three times stronger. Did you guys yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So one thing that I like to do um, is use the lightning magic mm -hmm. as soon as I got a power up because you lose the power up as soon as you get hit, right? Yeah, sometimes you can get bounced and you might not lose it, but more times than not, I get the power up and a stray bullet, a stray whatever hits me and I lose the power up. So when I get mm -hmm. that power up, in order to keep it as long as possible, I would use the lightning magic and then I could get like basically eight free hits and still have the power up. Mm -hmm. Did you guys uh, ever do anything like that? I didn't, but I think that's really smart because the power-up for the Shurikens is one of the most powerful, I think, um, power-ups in the game. I yeah. mean, it's almost essential for certain bosses, Yeah, yeah. especially the last boss. So that was uh, between the bounce back, that's a pretty good the, protect, the protection yeah. of the power-up, and the, um, I guess, the eight free hits or whatever it was. I'm saying eight. I don't know what the actual number is. Uh, the Lightning Magic was really, really uh, my favorite by mm -hmm. far for those, those, three, mm -hmm. those three reasons. All right. Uh, I let's see. Uh, I guess we could talk about maybe. I want to do the end. Yeah, you want to talk about the stages, the different stages. Yeah. All right. Because we've 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 kind of dealt. Del yeah, we talked about you know we talked so. about the military stage and the water stage. Yeah. You know, like so we can go back and talk. Yeah. About I, I want to just go through favorites them. or yeah. what you know. Well, I'm going to ask. Go ask. Mr. Yeah. Mullet, tell us about stage one. Do you remember stage one? Yeah. So you were. It was like. Um, Kind of the the houses, or the going into like a uh, like Japan type of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, it was great. I mean, I think one thing one about this game, especially for when it was released and the hardware that it was used on, uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful game. Uh, the sprite animation, especially for the time, it was is absolutely amazing. And I was actually blown away uh, by the graphics and how how well put together the game. Yeah. The game is um, yeah. so yeah i think i think a lot of it, it added a lot of depth and charm to to some of these platformers and you know this is i'm just i just got done playing not too long ago mega man 3 um you know for the nes i know it's different different hardware but still it's just it's just bland uh, as compared to the revenge of shinobi you know great colors uh, great sprites great animation so yeah, I think it was a really beautiful stage, and all of Good them were. Good intro. Good intro stage. Um, 
We'll talk about we can we can mix bosses and stages together. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you, even when I started getting better at the game, the stage one boss, mm-hmm. I, I could never get this. So he's a he's like a big what a samurai mm-hmm. and he kind of swings a sword overhead at you. I I could not reliably beat that guy. I would have to use the magic every time. I found it to be a strangely difficult boss for the very first, first stage. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that because I actually struggle with that first boss more yeah. than a lot of the later bosses as well. And yeah. I understand like the timing that you're supposed to go for with yeah. him, but I he hits me with that sword almost every yeah. time. So yeah. I find myself going up onto the platform, double jumping with shurikens if they're powered up and yeah. taking them out in like you know three or four hits that way. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, he's kind of a nightmare. He's yeah. tough. He's tough. Yeah. That's the same uh, thing I did too with that. The double jump double jump yeah 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 sure but we didn't talk about that what happens when you double jump and you fire your shuriken what happens oh yeah shuriken spread yeah, yeah. shuriken spread it it's uses great. like eight or something yeah. doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah that was that's, that's a big that's a we should have talked about that's, that that's a good strategy you know that's yeah if you can jump if, if you can make the double jump if you can make the <laughs> and, double jump. and you hit your uh weapon button correctly yeah, you have to do the double jump and it sprays yeah all these shuriken down in like an in arc a, yeah mm-hmm. and that's a good way to beat the first boss especially if you're powered up right yeah yeah It'll and that's me. why that unlimited shurikens is so nice you can just go around shuriken right. spread and right. yeah because <laughs> we said how many of you use like eight or something i thought it was like eight yeah. at a time or maybe yeah. it's ten it, it, it'll wipe out your yeah. inventory pretty yeah. quickly so stage one uh yeah that was set in japan that was mm-hmm. a pretty in- interesting thing i think it kind of teaches you about the game um stage is this stage two i think it's stage two coe do you know what's the deal stage two starts you off pretty they pretty nasty if yes. you ask me the, the oh, waterfall yeah. right yeah stage two is when you realize that this game is not going to be easy and you're going to have to be really good with those double jumps because you're at that waterfall and you have these logs that come down off the waterfall and you have to do these really well-timed jumps while avoiding flying ninjas and being trying to avoid the explosive crates uh-huh. to get, not cool. get knocked back into the yeah. waterfall. And yep. I think the difficulty ramps up quite a bit on that second level. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Mr. Mulch? Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, that, 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 uh, the crates, those were... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Just get me every time. It seems oh, like because yeah. I would forget about it, and yeah. uh, the guy would hit me, or I would accidentally hit it. Um, you know, with some of the inputs that I was putting in, and it would just bounce me back. Um, the the platforming. So I, I I really really love platforming games, and I think the the logs. I like that type of stuff. I think it just it it flowed really well, but it was difficult because you had to have good timing. Uh, with it, but I like that part. I thought it was really, really great platforming. Mm-hmm. But for a second stage, that was that was rough. That was rough. Yeah, I think uh, back in '96 or '97 when I was playing it, that's about as far as I got. That stage when I, the end of that stage, there's sort of like three off-screen logs, and you have to hop across three of them and then make it up to a high jump, and you just got to make your way across. And I'm like. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is too this is too much. Um, you mentioned the crates, though. We should probably point out what you mean. Um, there are crates throughout the game. Sometimes they have the power ups that we mentioned, but sometimes what's inside the crates? 
Bombs. Explosives. <laughs> bombs, right? So, and there's a little thing on there that counts down, but if you happen to walk over the bomb, it explodes immediately, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then there's the bounce back. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Which, in that second level, is particularly dangerous. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. right. So, yeah, they they pulled, a, they pulled a thing where the crates can be beneficial, Mm-hmm. Uh, but every now and then there's an explosive in it and it'll it'll do some real damage or knock you back. And and it, um, it would never do damage to the enemies. I was like, you know, like when I was playing, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe this will get at least the enemies. Like, you know, like in uh, like uh, Streets of Rage when you sometimes have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Some, th- yeah. Like they'll hurt the enemies, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. But they won't, you know, they if you're away from it, you're okay. But oh, they, sure. But, yeah, I know. But these mean, bombs yeah. don't hurt the enemies, yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, you pretty much just have to memorize where they're at and avoid yeah. them. And they can be memorized. They can they be can. memorized. They, yeah. It's always the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got to the point when I had played the game so many times that I just knew I wasn't even going to open the box. I'm just going to hop over it or walk mm-hmm. down. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so I do want to – I don't know if we'll go through every level, but there's mm-hmm. a few that I want to hit, and then I'll ask you guys about your favorites. Uh, level three, the airplane. How would you guys feel about that one? What What's the what's – the, COE, what's the deal with that airplane level? Well, you know, you're going along, and then all of a sudden you get sucked out of the airplane because <laughs> the right. door opens on you. So, you know, as long as you jump over those doors and try not to get knocked back into the doors, you're okay. This is another level where I like to use the um, the shield magic because I can kind of fly through because there's some spots where the yep. ninjas yep. are throwing um, bombs at you. And those yes. bombs, they'll explode. They'll knock you right back into a door, and you'll fly out the airplane. So that shield, that's another level where that shield is really handy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did the that's same right. thing, uh, that, that same exact strategy with that uh, lightning, the shield. Just to stop the bounce back, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Yeah. absolutely. All right. I'm trying to think of what's what's in – is there anything notable in level four? That's I don't even which one's that? Factory? The factory. There it. is. That's probably the, one of the most notable things. So All right, there, tell us. Yeah, there is a, um, a two-up a life, a two-up life, right at the beginning of 4-1. Yes. So if you, if you can make it to 4-1, and right at that beginning, you can spam over and over again. You can do a, a shuriken spread, uh-huh. jump, get the 2-1, and die, because you will die going for it, but you're getting an extra life. So you can sit there for like 10, 15, 20 minutes, get as many extra lives as you need to get through the game, which you're probably going to need because it's really hard, especially when you get to that seaport and try to defeat Zed. It's almost essential unless you're like a true ninja master. Um, I think getting those extra lives is really handy. Mm -hmm. Did you know about that, Mr. Mullet? Yeah, I was was, uh, just trying to get through the game, but that was good to know. I tried to... Try not to uh, uh, to look up anything, but that's that's good stuff right there. Yeah, yeah that's a that's so, a key tactic. <laughs> yes, that's right. So yeah, the thing is, is that it's a two up, but you will die getting it. At least yeah. I could never get it without dying. So it's a net one life every. Mm-hmm. You get two, you lose one. You get two, you lose yeah. one. But now, I, I you know my brothers and I always had sort of rules for when we would beat a game, and um. That using that technique would count as a legitimate technique because it's in the game. And so I will admit, 
I took advantage of that. But mm -hmm. now, COE, you said something at the beginning, and I hope I don't embarrass you too much. You said you knew all the secrets. I believe so. But I, there is a two-up in the airplane level. Did you know uh, about yeah, that one? I, but isn't it like um, oh, two-up in the airplane level? No, maybe I don't know about that. There's an one of the very first. It's one of the taller elevators. It goes from the well. It's one of the elevators, and I would actually farm some of the lives in that area. Um, you don't have to die. Okay. But it's not. You don't have to die to get it. It's you got to hit a, a wall. It's just in a wall when you're riding the elevator, if you hit it at a certain spot. And then I would just take the elevator and then there was a door nearby and I just jump out the door. And it would and just go back to the, the level. How, how far into the level is it? Uh, about a third or a little, oh, okay. about a third of the way in. But um, I, that was one that I used too. And then I found the one in the, the fourth level that you're talking about. So I, I used, I might've used them both. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> whatever works, right? I, I'm with you as far as it's not cheating if it's in the game. It's in the it's, game. Yeah. It's part of the design of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. So I'm about to try. All right. That's mm -hmm. level four. That was the factory level, mm -hmm. right? That one, yeah, that one was pretty good. Um, what's next? Sky, the skyscraper level five. Level five was the skyscraper. COE, you mentioned that before. That's a vertical level, right? Yeah, and probably the easiest level in the game if you use your fusion magic, because you can literally just go to the far right corner and just jump all the way up. To Is the that top. right? Yep. There's lasers in that level. They kept getting me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you just uh, gotta like jump as quick as possible. Is that what you did? Did you just yeah. get through that? Just get out That's, of there? Yeah, I just get out of there. Yeah. What was the other half of level four? There's usually two level stages. Five. The uh, the cars, the street, the bridge. Oh yeah. And then six what is about Chinatown six? and the train. Chinatown and the train. Okay, so you mentioned Chinatown with the jump. There's a particularly nasty jump right at the end, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Anything else? I love the music in Chinatown. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did that's too. That's my uh, favorite music stage. That's it's some of the best music there. That's what I was going to uh, to mention the the Chinatown music. I actually used it as an open intro to one of my streams. Mm -hmm. Oh, very nice. good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and actually the whole music. I I really enjoyed the music in this game. Sure. Uh, I I'm, I listen to it even when I'm working, like you know on YouTube at Loop. So uh, it it's great music to to concentrate to and just to have a nice little jingle throughout the day. Sure. So Yuzo it's Kushiro. your you, what is it Yuzo Koshiro? Yep. Yuzo Koshiro. So you want to tell us about what do you know about Yuzo Koshiro? Uh, uh, favorite 16-bit retro era composer. I have a bunch of his music on vinyl. I listen to it all the time. This is one of my favorite soundtracks of his. This and probably Streets of Rage 2 are real high yes. on the list. Yes. Um, especially that, that intro, when you first fire up the game, that little interlude just right at the beginning, just kind of sets the tone and then goes into that iconic music right off the first stage. Sure. And this is pretty much throughout the game. I think it's top notch. Did you did you find that, you know, that it set a standard for you that was you were disappointed in later or? Um, yeah, I think it's probably the, my best experience with sound in a video game up to that point when I played this. I mean, as I said, it's the third Genesis game I ever played. So yeah. I, my history was NES, then Genesis. Okay. So, you know, big leap there. Uh -huh. And uh, now I will say the first Sonic game, that is the first game I played, that has really good sound as well. Oh, that does too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I, the bar was like right off the bat with the Genesis. The bar for sound was really high. But then I start playing these Yuzo Koshiro games. Now, I wasn't familiar with, like, 
the like his I knew of the name because you see it on the splash page, Yuzo uh -huh. Toshiro. But I don't think I was as aware of him back then as I am now. Sure. Um, but I knew that I loved the music in this, and I loved the music in Streets of Rage. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, he is definitely very talented. Excellent music. I don't think I knew until recently that he did the music for this game. Mm -hmm. I knew him from Streets of Rage. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, Revenge of Shinobi has got some fantastic music and fantastic sound quality, too, I guess, is what I was, was going for there. And Chinatown, of course, is one of my my favorites yeah factory music is really good too i don't oh, like yeah. the i don't like the labyrinth um the sound the music yeah, in the yeah. labyrinth it's like very anxiety inducing. oh is it <laughs> yeah that's the last just, level right yeah that's that maze at the yeah. end i was trying that to figure that out i was like puts me on edge yeah. yeah, that's what I felt like when I, because I, I watched it. I was playing it for two yeah. hours yeah. to try to make my way through it. And yeah. I was like, this, this song is now annoying, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, especially, like, because that part was kind of difficult, right? And so it just seemed to grind my ears more. Yes. Should we talk about level eight then? Sure. Um, the labyrinth. You mentioned the labyrinth. It's the end of the game, right? What? And it is a labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mullen, yeah. what did you think of the this labyrinth? How did you make your way through it? Yeah, unfortunately, it was a lot of guessing and checking, uh, especially during during practice. You know, safe stating and seeing what which direction to go, um, and then finally, I memorized a a path. I don't know if it was the the best path, but uh, I, I did. I memorized something, and and I was able to to get it through. So then, when I was streaming and I got to that level, I was able to get through it uh, uh, fairly. In a smooth rate versus okay. yeah just mumbling my way through but that's okay. kind of what it did feeling around seeing what i'm doing all right so you you just memorized it you just played it enough and finally figured out a path right. yeah you didn't map you didn't write anything down at all nothing okay okay what about you coe how did you get through did you get through the the labyrinth i did yeah. but um i had been long enough where i had forgotten how to get through uh -huh. And I, I did look up a little walkthrough on that level to help me get through that because okay. it is a challenge for sure. Yeah, yeah. I got lost for a long time. I'm going to say two things that I did. I One, I wrote I wrote down, um, and I'll tell you how I was, maybe I should start with the other thing. The, the, the thing I noted, um, and this just, maybe this is obvious to everyone, but I'll mention it. Each of the areas in the maze or in the labyrinth by the doors has the Japanese number. So I wrote, I knew that each one of these little areas was a number and I would write down, okay, well, this is, this. And the door is gonna take me to number four and this one's gonna take me to seven. Uh, there are eight total, there's, there's eight different sections. Um, I found a path that doesn't take you through all of them. You can go, and I forget the number, it's like one, four, eight, it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. You can go through them, but there are some side um, there are some side areas that you don't have to go to that will give you bonuses. Did you guys find the power-up room in the labyrinth, the bonus room? No. I, I did not. I, I, when I was uh, playing it for the second time, and the, the when, I, when I was streaming it, uh, uh, Dean was on. He was telling me about it, but because uh, I just kept <laughs> – I was just struggling at the end boss – but uh, when I had to use my last continue, he told me about it, but I, I did not find it. I, I, I checked around a little bit until I lost a life. And I was like, I can't risk any more, any more lives lost. I need to beat this game. Uh, so I didn't find it, but I heard about it. 
I know at the end that there's a little room that has the secret power up for the Shurukens. Yeah. I think that's um you have to get that, don't you, to yeah. beat get the good ending, I believe. If you yeah. don't get that power up for your Shuriken, I think it's impossible to get the good ending. I could be wrong though. The one I'm thinking of is in the in the labyrinth there it's it's um the labyrinth has sort of like green walls or rock wall backgrounds. And in the section that's number four, if I'm remembering it correctly, there is a gap in the wall and it just looks like it's black in it. And normally you would look at this and say, well, this is an area that I can't get to, except there's a gap in the wall. And if you duck down and you walk through it, you will fall into a room that's all black and it's got eight crates in it full of power-ups, extra shuriken. There might be an extra life or something in there. A whole bunch of good stuff. And then you have to double jump your way back out of it and then make your way. When I did it, it was off to the side. So there was this one area on the path that I was taking where I went into area four and you walk in a door and then you immediately go to the right and there's another door and you go through there. If you go to the left and go down and around, you'll find this little secret room with these eight crates in it. Now, is that the one that you're thinking of, COE? That is not. And I love that I'm learning new stuff about one of my favorite <laughs> games today. Okay. Because, oh, no, this is a different room that you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, anyway, so there was a there's there's a couple of I will claim there are a couple of optional areas in that labyrinth that um that you can uh, get a little bit extra shuriken extra power-ups and um and and I I use that again in the game that counts for me. <laughs> yes. So uh let's finish up talking about maybe some of the other levels. I wanted to ask you guys, Mr. Mullet, we didn't cover every level, but did you have a favorite or a least favorite level or boss that you want to talk about before we talk about the end boss? Yeah, so um, I would say starting off with my least favorite boss would be the, I guess you would call Arnold, then to the Terminator. Uh, that was my okay. favorite, yeah, in the, the junkyard factory, I believe, area. Yeah. Or uh, that was a tough one just because, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the hit hitting him was just so tiny. You know, the hit detection was just so tiny with his head. That yeah. was just so annoying. You had to do like a like a little half bunny jump that was yeah. consistent. To, uh, for me, I don't know if it was the controller that I was doing or if it was just me. But again, with muscle memory, I was able to, to get it. And it, it, it seemed to flow really well after that. Um, as far as my favorite level, I would have to say it would be the waterfall. I just think that at, for the time, it was just a beautiful looking level. Um, I love the platforming. I know there's some cheap parts with that, but it was still a really good uh, level overall. So that's what I would have to say. Excellent. And the graphics, the waterfall graphics, I thought yep. were really gorgeous, yep. especially especially for the time, the, the, the rolling water in the background. Yep. Okay. Uh, COE, what about you? Do you have any? Uh, sure. Well, speaking of the waterfall graphics, also the water in the seaport level, the waves down oh. below are really well done. Um, it's some of the nicest looking like 16-bit water, I think, in the game, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But that's one of my least favorite levels. <laughs> so the seaport, I, I dislike that level immensely. I find it to be very difficult. And um, let's see. Because that, that's where you get that's where you'd get a lot of kickback. You know, Lots of and kickbacks. then and I mean, you'd be you done. die constantly yeah. because of that crazy jump about halfway through that level, or maybe it's a little more than halfway through. Um, so that's a real challenge. I think my favorite level, though, is probably like the, just right off the bat, the first level, just because it's something about the sound and the look of it. 
it's just pure nostalgia for me. So I fire that up. I know I'm playing Revenge of Shinobi. I know I'm going to have a good time. So I love that level. So iconic. As mm-hmm. far as bosses, my favorites are like probably Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I thought that was so cool at the time playing this game. And all of a sudden, like Godzilla shows up. And, uh, you know, you're not expecting that. <laughs> you're playing Revenge of Shinobi. And here's Godzilla. And then my least favorite is probably Mother Brain. That's the kind of robot that pops out the little brain. Oh, yeah, that comes yeah. Up. And uh, mostly because it's a little tedious. I have a little trick I do where I go into the far right corner and I kind of just try to dodge the lasers. And whenever yeah. the brain pops up, I'll throw a shuriken at it. Yeah. And it works. It's fairly simple, but it takes a long time if you're not powered up. That's so, what I do, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I saw it's you It's the safest that. and most yeah. reliable, right? Yeah. yeah. But it just I've, takes a long time. It does. I found uh, Joe pacing a lot with that that one for me i was just going back and forth and then when it popped up i would i would throw a star at it or a shuriken yep rather so yeah just a lot it's very tedious back and forth uh, towards the end uh, I, w- I would have to self-detonate to just to speed it up a little bit mm-hmm. what okay. about you eric do you have a- yeah i wanted to say so one of the ones that's the most nostalgic for me strangely is one that um I, I struggled to get to in the early days, but I remember from the Game Pro ads, and that's the, uh, I think you guys actually said you, you try to get through it quickly, and that's the, um, I think it's the first, it's like the first airport level, and it has machine gunners, it has a fence that you have to hop on each side of, um, it has flamethrower guys, um, I really like the look of that level, and I, I like the dynamic of going back and forth on two sides of a fence, some guys can hit you, if you're if you're on the right side, they'll hit you, if you're not, they won't, Um I, I just I just love the look of it and the music is okay too but I uh, I remember seeing that and, and the ones with the water the waves and seeing those two in the screenshots and saying wow this is this is an absolutely gorgeous game and so I, I like that level just I guess for the aesthetics of it um, in terms of bosses I'm going to mention this one so we can set it up for when we talk about the versions later. Um, there is uh, you mentioned the Terminator bosses I'm going to mention um, Spider Man and Batman. <laughs> bosses those are ones that got a lot of revision history and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that but um i want to mention it now and and coe you had mentioned godzilla uh one of what, what are my least favorite bosses uh i mentioned the first stage boss he was trickier than i think he, he should thought, have been yeah the second stage boss do you guys remember that was this ninja flying around i think while you're in like a disco um <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit tricky, but apparently you can get him stuck in a corner, and then you just whack yeah. him with the shuriken, and, and his his almost invisible form will uh, will can be dispatched pretty pretty easily. But uh, so then, um, yeah. So then, what about you know if we're talking about bosses, you know, should we maybe talk about the end boss? Let's talk about the end. Yeah, the, let's talk about the end. so let's talk about the ending, right? There's there's two endings. There are yeah. So do you guys so do you guys know about this? There's two, two endings. There's two endings, yep. right? Coe, why don't you tell us since you've had a lot of experience. Tell us about the two endings. What, what's sure. The so at the end, when you battle Zed, he has your wife captured, and he has a contraption that drops a basically a, a weight on her ceiling, starts to lower, and it's going to crush her to death unless you stop the mechanism uh, from crushing her while you battle Zed. So you have to like do both, and it's a real challenge. I mean, it's <laughs> not an easy experience. No. And you really do want to save your wife because the the bad ending is 
<laughs> kind of a letdown. You yeah. get all the way through that game, which is a super challenge, and then you get this like three second ending that's like, okay, she's dead. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like it's pretty. Um, it's definitely a letdown. But there's a hole in the wall when you're battling Zed, and if you hit Zed and then jump and throw Shuriken into the hole in the wall, the mechanism that's about to crush your wife is stopped temporarily. And that's your kind of opportunity to go and continue fighting Zed. And you just kind of rinse and repeat that. Mm -hmm. And if you stop her from being crushed, you get the good ending where you and your wife are reunited, the sunset comes down, you get the nice music interlude, and you get the good ending. And you live happily ever after. Exactly. Until the third game. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Mullet, how did you, did you discover the two endings? So, first off, it was uh, the last boss. It's like you're battling someone from an 80s hair metal band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I had, uh, I had, in practice, I had, I had beaten it, but I had no idea with the, um, with the thing coming down, and I, and in practice, when I beat it, it was, you know, you saw the the outline. Uh, so I had no idea that there were slats in there, but I was watching a speed run. So every time I beat a game, I watched the speed run afterwards. So I was watching the speed run, and all of a sudden I saw they were they were stopping this, this mechanism. It's like, I didn't even know that was back there. So, uh, you know, when I went to stream it and uh, I got to that part, I was started to do that, and, you know, it... It's just a lot of this, a lot of the parts in this game were just unknown. It's just kind of feeling your way through with it, and uh, you know that's kind of how I, I I was able to to beat it to the the true ending. You'd say. So you did go back and and do it with the uh, yes save now yeah. yes yeah but you know the first time I beat it was just with save state. So like I say, I like to go back and mm -hmm. and stream it all the way through in one sitting. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I had the ending ruined for me in like 1989 or 1990 because I would read Game Pro and I always read the tips, you know, because I'm looking for cheats and all. I always, when I was a kid, that was great. Oh, there's a little cheat code you can enter. Or somebody had written in and said, you know, how can I, how can I beat this guy with uh, and save, save the girl? And they had said, you, you can throw the, the shuriken into the, into the mechanism. And so. I had remembered that for seven years or whatever until I got it, and then of course I'd remembered it since then. But I had that ruined for me pretty er per pretty early on. But yeah, two two endings. Mm -hmm. um, how did you guys find the end boss? Was he a challenge? Yes, I, I did. I did find it a, a challenge, and it is actually, you know, when I went back and you know I you know, I like to set up my games like it's like a an athletic event. So I'll practice and then I'll stream it. Um, but, you know, the last stream that I did, it took me two streams to beat the game. The first time I made it to the Spider-Man Batman boss and I and I was just I was just destroyed. Um, first time I streamed it and I was running out of time. So I went back, played it again. A few days later, I got to the last boss. I was on my my very last continue and my very last life. So I had probably died at the final boss, probably, I don't know, a handful of times. I didn't count, but a ton of times. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to, I'll have to, because I was running a time I had to get to work and everything like that. So I had to, had to, had to, um, you know, speed it up. But it was very difficult. And I, I finally got it. I couldn't believe I got it. And, 
at the very end, it's just like I had never experienced such a great feeling from being the game after <laughs> I defeated that boss, sitting through all the way through mm-hmm. uh, you know, from start to finish. It was just such a great, great feeling. Um, it's probably one of the most satisfying beats I've had in probably a long time. The very hard last boss, I would say, even on easy, which when I played it. But I guess I, I don't think really the difficulty has much in the way of um, of changing the the boss structure. It's just the lives. Mm-hmm. How about- okay. And COE, what do you think? What do you think about the boss? How? Um, well, I think he's really challenging. Now, yeah. that's if you but if you have the Shuriken power up. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much easier because he takes, I think without that Shuriken power-ups, it must take like 20 plus hits or something to take him out. If you have the Shuriken power-up and you can avoid him throwing that hat at you or right. the hair or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, he throws the projectile, then you can take him out in like, I don't know, four or five hits. It's not that much. But yeah. the problem is like he has three different throws. Right. One of them comes like straight out that you can usually jump right over. One mm-hmm. of them kind of comes at an angle that you can usually duck. But then there's one, the third throw, that's really hard to yeah. avoid. And you have to do a very specific kind of double jump and like up and then back to yeah. avoid yeah. it. And it's super challenging. If you can do that and keep up your power up, it's fairly straightforward. But getting all that done and all that to line up in a row right, is right. A, a super challenge. And stopping the mechanism. In- and stopping the mechanism. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah. I used uh, I used the self destruct magic. Mm-hmm. I I would make sure that I would be there with maybe five, four or five extra lives. Yeah. And the self destruct magic did um, it did a couple of things for me. It uh, you got to be careful because the animations for the magic that wall that stone will still fall. Mm-hmm. So you have to stop it, and then you have to do the animation at just the right time where he's attacking so that it'll damage him. Um, but it basically gave me like four or five life bars where mm-hmm. I could keep taking damage. It would damage him. And then uh, when I got down to like my last life, I'd use the uh, the, the, the lightning magic lightning. to protect myself and then just, just go at him. But um, that's one place where my strategy actually officially involved um, killing yourself, you know, <laughs> the suicide magic to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to help me weaken the enemy and, uh, and go on from there. But yeah, it was definitely challenging. And and I should should we say, I mean, so uh Mr. Malt, you beat the game, you beat it and you got the good ending, right? Uh yeah, on stream. Uh, on but stream. I did the bad ending on uh in practice, yeah. yeah. Okay. And COE, have you beat it and gotten the good ending? Yeah. Yes. And I did too. That yeah, was my too, uh right? I, I think we all you said you didn't play very much of it, yeah, but right. we I got a I'm like you, Mr. Mullet. I'm. I was so like it was elated. Like mm-hmm. the next 48 oh. hours, I have finally beaten this game in a way that <laughs> I consider to be legitimate yeah. after mm-hmm. 30 years. I mm-hmm. did it. Yeah. My old man hands and <laughs> reflexes. I was able to beat this game. Yeah. I couldn't beat as a younger man, so I was really, really well, pleased to beat it. So it's know, definitely it, a challenge. It, it definitely is, and I think a lot of these older games, and this is, I like to think about this a lot, especially when we're looking at difficulty. I, I got into gaming, you know, uh, you know, around when the 64 came out, so I would think the games around then started to get a little bit easier because they were longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is obviously shorter, but, you know, you can't, you can't make a game where someone is going to buy it for, at the, in 1989, probably for a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, 
and to get through it in in two hours you know but yeah there's probably two hours two and a half hours of, of gameplay from start to finish but i think with the practice there's you know 15 20 plus hours and definitely if you need to practice to get through this game it's worth your money yeah, uh, yeah. At the time but um yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely you can see how games have evolved uh, in difficulty uh, from the late 80s, early 90s until till now. Yeah, 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 that's true. It's definitely a callback to the old style. And I got to tell you, if it hadn't been for save states, it would have yeah. taken me two or three times longer Yep. Um, just because you have to keep going back through the old level. So I did what you did. I practiced certain sections. I used the save states. I practice. I practice. I practice. And then when I got comfortable, I, I I played it on the Xbox. When I got comfortable with it and thought I can go through this, I went back to my original Genesis. I pulled my cartridge off. I played with the original controller, and I got through the and I was able to get through the game and uh, count it as a as a win. So it was really gratifying. Um, yeah, and you almost have to because there's just not enough time to go through that. Put so much anymore, you know. mm-hmm. and you, I mean it's it's and you have that sense of progress too. You know if you're able to get a section down and memorize something and then play all the way through, and it is very satisfying. That's what I like to do with games is to to practice them, especially these older games, and then you know stream it and go through it and actually mm-hmm. look like I'm I'm good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Coe, did you ever beat it back in the day? I did. Yeah. So even without all these modern conveniences, you were able to get through the game. Right? This was like a go-to game for me. So this mm-hmm. was one of those games. That, I mean, Mr. Mola was saying, you know, how much gameplay you get out of it back in the day. And I th- I don't know how many hours I probably played this, but it was a lot. I put, it took it was a real hard game and a real challenge. But it was did just memorizing. Ever, did you ever I, pause it? And... Did you ever oh, pause yeah. it overnight? I, like, overnight? So I would yeah. wake up in the morning play like Revenge of Shinobi or whatever game I'm playing at the moment, pause it, go to school, come home and hope that like the TV hadn't been messed with or, you know, it's still like playable, didn't freeze up or something and continue to play it after school. Awesome. I love that. I love that. All right. Okay. So we, we've talked about how um, we all kind of played different versions. There's several versions. Yeah. You know, it's been released several times, but there's also some of the, uh, there's also a particular reason why there was re-releases uh, due to copyrights. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the original has, you know, has we talked about Spider-Man, Batman, Godzilla, the Terminator, right, um, and Rambo. Rambo, that, that, yeah. That's in the, so that was in version one. But you don't. But the problem is too, like if you're just buying it off the shelf, you're not. You don't know what version you get, right? Like if you didn't get it original. So, when you got it, COE, did you get the original with all the copyrighted enemies? When I got this as a kid, it was with all the copyright. And that's one of the things that made me fall in love with this game. Because as an 80s kid, I was in love with Rambo, Terminator, you know, Godzilla, um, Spider-Man. All these things that they threw in this game, all these copyrights. Mm -hmm. Where yeah. I was thinking, wow, I've never seen this in a game before. Look at it. We're battling Terminator, Rambo, Bruce Lee, all this stuff. Oh, and, Bruce uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the things that really drew it to me. And my first, the game that I had back in the day was Revision 1 mm-hmm. of the game. Okay. And do you still have that copy? Or You know, I when I bought this copy right here, sorry okay. for people at home that can't see this, but I'm holding up my physical copy for the Genesis. I thought I was buying Revision 1. 
Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's not. It's mm -hmm. the second revision of the game. Okay. What changed in the second revision? Do you remember? Yeah, it's um, so Spider-Man is still Spider-Man, but Batman is now Devil Man. Mm -hmm. And then there's a there's a splash page that they added before the little intro, so where it says like copyright information. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. they 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 affirmed that this was Spider-Man, right? That they yeah. they, yeah. they had the copyright for it because they yeah. had the copyright. Um, but they uh, they had to do away with Batman. He became Devil Man, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It was more like a hairy bat <laughs> devil creature. Um, at some point too, I think in one of the early revisions, they changed Rambo. To a bald-headed machine gun carrier. Right. Mm -hmm. um, tell us, uh, there's some other revisions. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. So, Mr. Mullet, when we talk about um, Spider-Man or Batman or Godzilla, what was your version like? Did Did you ever see Spider-Man in your version? Yeah, I, I had a pink Spider-Man. Yeah, pink Spider-Man, and then the Godzilla one. It didn't actually look like Godzilla. It was like a uh, inside-out. Dinosaur, mm -hmm. like a skeleton dinosaur, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. so yeah. The, yeah, so, so, and then what about like when you finally got this game? You said you got it in the six pack. I got the six pack version. Yeah, what yeah. does it say? I can't remember which version. So, oh yeah, so, so the six pack version is actually in between the two that you're talking about. Um, it uses a skeleton dinosaur, but I think it still has Spider Man. Mm -hmm. And from my notes here, the pink Spider-Man didn't come out until version 1.04, which is the Wii the Virtual Console yeah. version. Mm -hmm. the, that was like from 2009 or mm -hmm. something that Sega had lost the rights to Spider-Man in the intervening 15 years or whatever, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so they changed it to a pink guy in tights, but uh, or a guy in pink tights. Mm -hmm. um, but the six-pack, yeah, so there's, there's a couple of different versions out there. Now, I'm going to say something that maybe... You guys will challenge, and I can prove it if I need to. But we went to Midwest Gaming Classic, and I knew about the different versions. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a cartridge that looks just like yours, um, COE. And uh, it's version one, one, or version zero. Mm -hmm. It has, um, it has Rambo. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have the splash screen, the extra splash screen. The, the credits are still Yuzo Koshiro on the main screen. And it has all the original characters. So I think it's the version that you played, that you had as when you first got it. And all of my research says, well, that was never released. That was only released in Japan. But now you've confirmed it, and I've confirmed it. And I got really lucky. I am yeah. so thrilled because I asked the guys because I knew you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell by looking at it which version it was. So I'm like, I'm going to have to buy this game like six times until I can get the version one, yeah. you know, the original version. Mm -hmm. But I got I got lucky. Um but uh, there is something, there is an interesting thing about that, which is not true in any of the other ones. There was a bug, I think, in that very first version where the Spider-Man net um, webs won't stick to you. Hmm. You get hit by them, and they just they just disappear. Huh. And so I had been practicing on the Xbox or some other versions, and the webs kept sticking to me, right? Yeah. Like trying to shake them off, and you're like, wow, oh, that's really annoying. And then I played on my Genesis cart, looks just like yours, COE, and the webs just hit me, and boom. Stuff. And I'm like, oh wow, you lucked out. This, this is easy. <laughs> it's almost want, easier. It's almost easier. There's, there's a bug. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, over the course of maybe the 20 years they've released these, uh, there's on record there's what do we have? Five different versions mm -hmm. where they they got they changed Rambo to a bald headed guy, mm -hmm. and they they and changed the title Batman screen to Spider Man, mm -hmm. and Batman it's becomes just, Devil Man, yeah. and Godzilla becomes uh, skeleton. a skeleton dinosaur, mm -hmm. and 
and then they changed Spider-Man to a pink um, character. And apparently, and you maybe COE would know this because you're so familiar with the original title screen. Apparently, in this pink Spider-Man version, they also changed the face of the ninja on the title screen. Yeah, it was um, a famous actor was on there initially, and I'm I'm blanking on the guy's name at the moment. Chibi, um, oh, I forget. But I don't anyways, know either. yeah, it's an actor's face, and they changed it for the revision. They changed the face a little yeah. on the title screen. So yeah. the current versions, the one that's on the Switch, and I think it was originally released on the Wii Virtual Console, all of these copyrighted things are gone now. Yeah. All gone. No faces, no Spider-Man, no Batman, no Godzilla, no Rambo. It makes me want to copy, uh, track down a copy like I had growing up. All yeah. That before. And beware, they're hard. Rare, they're hard. You can't. From what I can tell, you can't tell by looking at it. You have well, to play the game. Yeah. When I bought this one, I didn't realize that there were... I thought if it was the black box, the original 1989 mm -hmm. release, that it was revision one. Yeah. I didn't realize until after I bought it that, no, there's... Even with the black box, there's mm -hmm. multiple versions. Yeah. So be aware of that. Any collectors out there that there's maybe two that look the same from the outside. Yeah. Um, any other comments about the revisions, the different revisions? This game is famous for its revisions. I think. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we covered them all. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mullet, you want to give us your final thoughts, yeah. overall thoughts on the game? Yeah. When I when I go through games, I like to you know, put them in spreadsheets, and I'm sure we all do that to a certain degree. But uh, I graded this one. I put a, a difficulty down. He doesn't know you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I do the same I, thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave this one a, and I was I was actually really surprised how good this game was. Uh, I gave it a B, uh, solid B. Um, you know, I, I think the music was great. Like I, I mentioned before, the spray animation. Uh, there are some cheap parts here and there, but I think that's that's ubiquitous for older games like this. You know, you have to have to have some some cheap, but but for the most part, it wasn't terrible. Uh, I think it had a gr some great platforming and it flowed flowed really well. I was a little confused on the the boss choices, um, and I think they think they were. in I put interesting facts down about games, but I had I had put that down that um, I read somewhere that they wanted to get these different types of famous, like you know, Spider-Man and Batman, just so they would sell more more of the game because you know kids would say, oh, this is they have Godzilla in here, you could fight Godzilla or something like that. Uh, I was a little confused about that, but overall, I think it was a, a really solid game. Um, I had my experience with beating it. I felt really good, really satisfying. That's what it comes down to. If you feel really good about beating a game, um, you have those endorphins flowing through. It's like, oh, man, this is great. Um, overall, for difficulty, it wasn't the hardest game I've played. Uh, out of a 10, I think I gave it a 7 out of 10 in difficulty. So definitely hard, definitely challenging. Um, I think with the luxuries that we mentioned of safe stating, rewinding, uh, definitely with, with time and how long it might take to, to get actually beat this game and to decrease frustrations or destroying any controllers or objects in your house, I think I think that's a good touch for it, especially with, with the, the times we live in now and take advantage of that and practice it. I think mm -hmm. it's... I think it's uh, it's fun to, you know, it's good to practice it and then go through and play it and, you know, you get the most out of it. But overall, I think it's a really good game, solid title, in my opinion. Okay. 
And COE, what do you think? Oh, well, this is S tier Genesis in my book, but you know, I'm looking at this through rose colored glasses. This is like when it comes to <laughs> nostalgia, there are certain games that I'm not really the best person to be, you know, judging them because they're just, I've been playing them for so long. I have so much love for them. So this is tens across the board from the music to um, the level design, just the way it plays, the overall gameplay. I love everything about it. And it's on my top 10 list of Sega Genesis games. Nice. nice. Eric, what do you think? Oh, I was going to ask you what you thought of it. <laughs> well, I don't Why know. don't you tell us what you think of the amount you've played? Can you uh, talk too much? No, you know, I'm not a, you know, the problem is I'm not a big platformer. I have trouble with platformers. And so this being old school platforming, it, it's very difficult yeah. for me. Yeah, well, it's a tough game. It, I mean, these it, guys are yeah, all saying it. Yeah, it was tough. So it's... It wasn't really, it wasn't really calling my name, I would okay. say, you know, but so I think it was more frustrating than fun for me. Yeah, I think there is a, there, there's a, a curve or something to this game where, you know, you're going to go into it and I think it ramped up a little bit too early in the difficulty with level two and you got to level two mm -hmm. and that, that's, I, a, I think mm -hmm. that, I think probably a lot of people, mm -hmm. if they're not ready for a challenge like this, that's what, that's likely where they're going to maybe just say, okay, this is too much for me. I mean, I remember giving up at level two for a while, mm -hmm. you know, when I was first playing it. But if you can get past that part and you can get into the double jumping, and that's why I think level two is the way it is, because they're like, you have to have this skill. Mm -hmm. you, you have to have this skill going forward. We're going to just make you learn it early. Um, but if you can get over that hump, I think um, I think it's a pretty good game. Um, I I. I have some nostalgia for it, like COE, because I remember reading about it in magazines. Uh, but I've also played, and we're going to talk about this briefly, I've also played, Shinobi 3 to me was also sort of a contemporary when I finally played them. And there's some real improvements in Shinobi 3 that are missing in this game. So I don't have quite, I'm, I'm between Mr. Mullet and COE. I think it's a really good game. I think it's got some flaws in terms of the difficulty. I think the double jump is unnecessarily precise. I think they could open that one up a little bit, um, but I really enjoyed the game. At the end of it, I'm really glad that I, I mm -hmm. was able to practice it and, and beat it. It's certainly a challenge, but there's nothing from a graphical or sound perspective that I can really fault. Um, they maybe made some things obnoxious. It, there was, I, I'll say this, the game seems to know where you want to jump, and they put a enemy right there like you you'd be jump it's like okay here's a blind jump and by the way this guy's gonna fire a bullet right as you're yeah. down so that, yeah that kind of stuff is like okay give me a break you know i mean if if you have to have it memorized if you can't sort of negotiate your way through it but i like to see that if you're going to play it for the very first time that you have a chance and if you have to know that this bullet is going to come flying at you in this blind jump Eh, okay, maybe. So I give it a, I, I'm definitely really pleased with the game, but uh, uh, I, I did find some flaws. But if you can get through that hump, I mm -hmm. think uh, it's definitely really worth worth a playthrough and, and worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I see that. Um, okay, so this is the second game in the Shinobi franchise, I yeah. guess you'd say, right? I would so, say that. Um, there is original Shinobi. Shinobi 3, like you talked about, and then Shadow Dancer. And we asked, the Cartridge Club asked, what your favorite Shinobi game is. And um, Shinobi 3 came out ahead. 
at 40% and all the others were tied at 20. Yeah. So um, I'll ask you, Eric, I'll start with you. Like, what have you played original Shinobi? Have you played Shinobi 3? And have you played Shadow Dancer? Absolutely. And, and have you beat those as well? Yeah. So I want to, so we'll, I want to mention the, the four mm-hmm. games that we're talking about. Shinobi 3, were, or the original Shinobi, we're talking about the arcade. Yeah. The arcade, the original arcade from Sega, about 1987 or something like that. There were ports of it to different different systems. I grew up playing it on the Master System. I have played the arcade version. Revenge of Shinobi, obviously that's the game we're talking about. That mm-hmm. was originally released for the Genesis. Shinobi 3, another Genesis game. And then there's Shadow Dancer, which is a Genesis game and an arcade game, but they're two different games. We didn't clarify in the poll here, but I was thinking of the Genesis game. And I have played all of them. And I have beat all of them except for Shinobi 3. Oh. And so that might be the next game. Mm. Um, you mentioned the poll results already. My vote, mm-hmm. I voted in the poll too. Mm-hmm. I voted Shinobi 3 only because I think it adds some features to the game. Uh, there's a sprint. There's a, a, t- a jumping attack. Um, and maybe that's it. I think there's another move. There's wall jumping mm. uh, that make the oh, yeah. the, uh, the available mechanics in the game. It, it just expands mm-hmm. what you can do in the game. So from a technical perspective, uh, and the music is pretty good, maybe not as good as Revenge of Shinobi. The graphics are gorgeous. Um, but with those control or those mechanic improvements, I, I had to rate Shinobi 3 um, as as my, uh, my, my, my favorite too, just mm. because it just does so many things uh, right in terms of uh, the mechanics. So uh, okay. let's, Mr. Mullet, maybe. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so right after I, I played Shinobi 3, and, um, you know, for the most part, I, I, it did out-edge Revenge of Shinobi just by a little bit, but for some reason I felt more connected with Revenge of Shinobi just because I felt like I struggled more to get that win, to get that beat. Oh, uh, sure. You know, Shinobi 3, obviously... They've made a lot of great improvements to it. Uh, I did like Revenge of Shinobi's music better. Yeah. Shinobi 3. Um, you know, still good graphics. Um, easier. I played Shinobi 3 on normal, um, and it didn't really have too much of an issue with it. I think maybe I put 10 hours into the game with practice and then like yeah. a, a two, two and a half hour, you know, legitimate playthrough of it but it's just like i just didn't feel that connection uh but it did with all the things considering it did out a beat shinobi 2 just by a little bit and i haven't played the other ones mm, okay coe what do you say uh, well i have not played the original shinobi which i need to rectify that at some point because i have a master system so that should be high on the list of games to pick up um Shinobi 3, I think, objectively is probably a better game. But for me, my favorite's Revenge of Shinobi. And again, nostalgia. I mean, it's a powerful tool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A powerful force, I should say. And um, But I think, like, graphically, Shinobi 3 is really pretty remarkable um, upgrade. It's something about the level design in Shinobi 3 and just the way it plays. And like you said, there's some additional... um, some moves, controls that they added to the mix. So really good. It's not surprising that most people chose Shinobi 3 as their favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to mention, uh, we've talked about some of these other Shinobi games. I just wanted to mention um, where some people can play these uh, because 
if you know Sega or you know Sega Genesis collections, you know there have been a lot of them, it would seem. Um, in terms of the original Shinobi, you have a number of options. There's the arcade version, of course. There were home console ports to the NES, the Master System, which is what I grew up playing, the Turbo Graphics, and uh, there is uh, the Sonic Genesis Collection, which you're going to probably hear me mention a couple times. It is one of the greatest Sonic or Genesis collections available. That was for the Xbox 360 and PS3 era. It only has one omission. It is missing Revenge of Shinobi. <laughs> that is its only flaw, as far as I can tell. But it includes, I believe it includes, uh, the, it includes as an unlockable the um, Shinobi Arcade version. And uh, I, I'm sure it includes Shinobi 3. I believe it also includes Shadow Dancer. It's only missing Revenge. Um, that's the Sonic Genesis collection. Um, for Revenge of Shinobi, the best places to play it are on the Genesis and the newest collection, the Sega Genesis Classics, which is available on Xbox, PS4, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch, as Mr. Mullet played, and Steam. And it does include Revenge of Shinobi. Uh, it's the version 1.04, I think, with the pink Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Mr. Mullet confirmed that. Mm -hmm. uh, Shinobi 3 is on almost all of the Genesis collections, and it's a Genesis cartridge, so you can you can play that. Shadow Dancer, um, I might be mistaken earlier saying where Shadow Dancer was. It's a Genesis game. Mm -hmm. There was an arcade version that's different. Uh, and it's on, actually, um, it's on the Sega Genesis collection in the PS2 era. Uh, so that might be the only place where you can find that one. Um, I do want to mention some other Shinobi games for anybody interested. There are two for the Game Gear, which are often considered uh, very good games. They're called Game Gear Shinobi 1 and Game Gear Shinobi 2. Those are completely unique games available on the Game Gear. And then the end of the Shinobi series, apparently, was on the PS2, where they rebooted it as a 3D platformer called Shinobi. And there's actually a sequel to it, which is another character, a uh, female character, and that game is called Nightshade on your ps2 so if you can't get enough shinobi uh there's a bunch of different games uh that you can play but i would certainly recommend anybody go back and play um the arcade version on the sonic collection or the master system version because i am biased towards that and shinobi 3 on the genesis and most sega genesis collections uh two excellent uh excellent excellent games mm -hmm. okay well, I think that is going to do it for this episode of the Cartridge Club Game of the Month podcast. Uh, the Game of the Month for February is Portal 2 for the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and Steam. I think it was also just on sale recently. I don't know. Hopefully it might Cartridge still Cartridge Club be. Effect. It's probably yep. on sale. Go check out. 80% off, and it was yep. pretty ironic because <laughs> I played Portal 1 and Portal 2. Well, I just, I just bought them, and they were... 80% off both of them, and I got them for un both games for under five bucks. Nice. Wow. Nice. That is a lot of gaming yeah. value. So check that out. And then in March, uh, Curtis is going to be bringing back March Madness with a, with a great selection of every portable Castlevania game. So And there's get, good ones yeah, on there. Yeah, there's some good ones. So get in on that as game well. Game Boy, Nintendo DS, mm -hmm. right? Well, every portable. Every Yeah. Sure. And then finally, we have the honor of announcing April's Game of the Month, which is going to be The Legend of Zelda Twilight 
Princess. Ooh. Ooh. I might play that one. We have been playing, the Cartridge Club has been playing yeah. Legend of Zelda games every April for the last two years. Mm-hmm. We started with Ocarina. And then we last did Wind year Waker. Was Wind Waker. One of my favorites. We're going to go with Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. So really excited about yeah. that one. I have been playing them the last two years. It's been a great opportunity to get through the Zelda yeah. games for me, which I've never played through. Yep. And I'm going to be playing Twilight Princess I'm, too. I'm hoping to play Twilight Princess yeah, as well. It's a good one. So, okay. Again, if you'd like to get involved with the club, I'd encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cartridge Club NA. You can also visit our Discord for all kinds of discussion about past, present, and future games of the month. There's also the Cartridge Club forums at cartridgeclub.org and the Facebook community and group pages. And to those of you who are interested in supporting the club beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice, I'd like to mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community. We are extremely grateful to those supporters. And if you and if you're interested in becoming one of them, please look into how you can do that at patreon.com slash cartridge club. And I just want to thank our uh, wonderful guests. Thank you for being on. It was great to have you. Uh, COE, where can we find you in the world? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. That was a lot of fun. Ah. I definitely appreciate it. And you can find me on Twitch, where I stream retro games on all original hardware, at COE33. And then I have the YouTube channel, The Game Hunters, where my sister Leaf and I go around our home state of Oregon looking for bargains on video games. Yes, definitely. Definitely check them out. It's a great channel. Okay. Uh, And Mr. Mullet, where can we find you? Yeah, I'm on YouTube. I stream pretty much every day, about an hour or two. Uh, Mr. Mullet Gaming, and uh, no set schedule, but uh, if you want to, swing on by and enjoy talking to people. And uh, for the most part, I stream retro, but there's some other stuff here and there that I play as well. Okay, great. Great. And we've seen, I've seen you both in the Discord, so it's great to uh, talk to you guys uh, through that as well. Yeah. All right. Babe, why don't you tell us? About us? About us. Okay, well, I'm Eric and my wife, Melissa. We are collectively known as the Q-Dogs. You can find Melissa on Twitter at Mrs. Q-Dog, and you can find me on Twitter at Mighty Q-Dog, and that's D-A-W-G, because that's how I spelled it when I created my first Xbox Live account, (laughs) and I'm stuck with it ever since. Um, We also have a YouTube channel called Mighty Mm Q-Dog. Uh, where we talk about our collecting, our video game collecting, and we have a weekly vlog where we <laughs> talk about the stuff we do each week, which is a five-minute vlog. It's a lot of fun to do and, and, and interact with the community. Yep, it's just um, in the Q-Dog house. And you can find us on the Cartridge Club Discord. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Then to everyone listening, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for joining us. CC Unites. Unite.